welcome to Crafts and Crime. I'm Amy. I'm Elaine. And as always, we have a craft and a crime. Mm-hmm. And we, <clears throat> now I'm like super aware of it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so we had, I'm going to have to turn this up so I could hear. That's fine. Um, so we, this entire time that we have been <laughs> recording, this is what, episode 25 or something like I that? I so. Um, <laughs> the setup that we have, uh, the soundboard thing or whatever only has one headphone jack and so <laughs> we have to use a headphone splitter because there's two of us and um and so we did we you know got one I think you got the first one and then I got yeah. the replacement because we thought after the dog basically took off with the whole so thing that means we now have two fully functioning cords but not for but our not purpose for what we need <laughs> so yeah so we <laughs> messed up and um and so we've been using the wrong it wasn't a headphone splitter it was a um headphone and um what was the other one microphone Um, microphone yeah i'm like i can't think straight um so yep it's been i've I've been listening (laughs) to it really quiet this whole time i just thought that's how it was and and it wasn't until it was like oh there's a little kink in the we're all tangled up let's let's (laughs) switch it and i must have switched whose headphones plugs into what and I was uh-huh. like, whoa it's oh yeah so yeah yeah because we unplugged like, on pulled out the kinks in the cord yeah like, and then I just didn't did pay we attention. get it wrong yeah because I just thought grabbed we fixed the two. it and I was like no we broke it yeah because she was like what apparently fine. what you have been hearing sounds when we swap the cables to me it sounds like raspy and like very airy and far away mm-hmm. in like hearing so that's how you're hearing it this whole time <laughs> yep and all the Patreon episodes that we've done, and yep. So but at least nobody time. else hears it that way. I know that's because, the plus side. But then I'm like, I'm still. You're gonna be consciously aware of it. I'm now. still listening to it when I edit, too. That's how I hear it when I edit. <laughs> oh You'll have gosh. to use my headphones or just plug um, it into the other it. one now. Yeah, just so. remember for now, for right now. <laughs> it's like it's one of those things where I'm like, oh my gosh, we're so stupid. Like when we first tried to set up the microphone and. <laughs> yours was backwards this is all new oh to us oh my gosh yeah <laughs> did that take us the whole episode to when figure? we were we had to, oh my god we got a bunch done and then we had to stop no 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 wasn't it that one no it was when we were doing our sound test runs in the beginning before remember when we were recording just to see how we yeah. sound and edit and stuff and our trial <sighs> run before we released anything to the public yeah and that we were just weird. trying to figure out the the um, microphones, <laughs> which is now what we call the booty in the front, because it's like a little peach-looking yeah. shape. Because it was backwards when she put it on there. Yeah, and, and so it was like, why am I so quiet? The other little button we call the the line or the whoop. And oh yeah, like we keep it on the line because uh-huh. a little whoop sound Sounds makes weird. a different sound we don't like. And then the other side is zero, zero. decibels yeah, to so negative ten decibels, but we're like zero douchebags. <laughs> yeah. Ten douchebags. So we always this have is to a check back it. look in our life. I know we don't your know. butts forward. <laughs> yeah, you got your you're on the front. zero. <laughs> your butts in the front. Zero douchebags, yeah. and it's on the straight line. It's how we get stuff done because <laughs> we have to it's create the check a, in. Yeah, it's like, and then the is your phone on silent? so oh yeah and then like and then i ha- the I next to- time we record my phone was still on silent, still on silent. unless yeah. you remind me yeah. then i remember <laughs> i usually remember when i take my phone off silent because we're <laughs> sitting together still so yeah. yeah so we're just learning as we go but um <laughs> obviously yeah <laughs> so we're gonna uh, have to get um all of our recording done today because tomorrow we have a planned power outage oh yeah and it's gonna be like 
hot still isn't um, it like 88 or something like that yeah i think so yeah. and of course it's not one of the days it's going to be super overcasty but then that would make it really humid yeah well, yeah when i went out this morning it was really humid it has been yeah I'm, I'm always the first one to be like oh i love fall down here at least because the mornings are really cool mm-hmm. and the evenings tend to be cooler not yeah, right now. We got random really warm rain <laughs> out of nowhere this week because of all this humidity. Yeah, was it that El Nino Sunday? Yeah, it was Sunday because my parents took the older kids. Yeah, and um, for the week so that they could go to the beach and stuff. And it was the first day, and it was like raining all morning. And oh yeah. So that was weird. It was weird, but the I like chickens it. loved it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I let them out. Oh, you and, did? Uh huh. <laughs> and they just like because it's just the two girls. Yeah. I know, Feline's gone. Yeah, my baby boy, my huge big old not baby. Not gone like Huey. that. No, not gone like, <laughs> like that. Went to a different home. Yeah, I finally. I had been searching around forever, and um, it hadn't occurred to me. Well, it did a few weeks ago, and then I was like, "Oh crap!" When I was gone. Mm-hmm. But um, which was, I made a contact with a wildlife rehabber because of a, a hummingbird that my my in laws had, and um. I remembered her talking to me about because I was asking her about volunteering. Did we talk about this last time? I can't remember. I'm not sure. We talk about it too much. Yeah, we That's talk about like... the chickens all the time, but no, I don't think so because it that was that was over the weekend, right? Mm, last weekend, it was. It was oh like, yeah, so no, yeah, we haven't yet. Happen. Yeah. Oh okay. Just the week in the past. <laughs> I'm like I don't um, know. So I don't want our listeners um, to be like, "You already told that story." That's fine. You can hear it again. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah. So everything like the dynamic is different, but honestly. Of course, I miss him a lot, but the place he went to is really good because the lady that took him, I remember her talking about like, oh, she will like one place has like the hawks and roosters and crows and all. I was like, wow. Mm-hmm. So I got a hold of her and I had been trying to find him a home for like three months and it took her 25 minutes yep. <laughs> to, find, the two, connections. to yep. find two two people. Yeah, yeah. One of them was someone she knew personally and another one was a contact she had gotten um, for rehoming a really adorable female Peking duck. Mm. And so um, Feline had a buddy in the car on the drive. And um, the woman told me that he did really great on the drive. And then I got a little video of the place he's Aww. going to. And it's like um, big, uh, like a big bachelor pad that mm. has like mm-hmm. m- all male animals. Yeah. So it's like male. They have no, no females to fight over. So yeah. it's like geese. There were geese and ducks yeah. and then roosters. All together. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. You can see there were like separated pens. So mm-hmm. I think they naturally migrated to their own places. But I yeah. saw like the guy um, had a... I think she said his name was Brad. Oh. <laughs> um, that uh, he really like has a really good connection to birds. It's like uh-huh. his specialty. So he rescues like macaws and cockatoos, mm. like all of them. So I was like, okay. Yeah. And one of the pictures had a whole bunch of um, other Rhode Island red roosters that I'm pretty sure that's what Feline was taking little dust, 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 cat boxes. <laughs> they were like little litter uh-huh. trays uh-huh. full of the sand and stuff. Oh, and it was really that's cute. A so I know cool he idea. went somewhere really nice. Yeah. And he went out to Anaheim Hills, which is like nice, a really nice yeah. area. So he's like really well digging yeah. there. <laughs> That's who I would be if I had a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, I could just call him what Fresh Prince now. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> not Bel Air, but so funny. <laughs> but yeah, he's moving on up. Heck yeah! So yeah, he um was really loud, and mm. I almost he started said, at like four thirty yeah, in the morning too, and which is weird. It I does om- not matter that the sun's not up. No, and I almost mentioned because you said there were two people that were interested in him, and I almost was like, "What about Fluffy Cheeks, my rooster?" But 
he's so quiet he doesn't crow like <laughs> i hear him all the time i never do that's funny see and, and troy and avery never part, do the and their room's right by it's like but i'm always awake in the morning and uh, i'm up and out and what's happening though is it's sure not it's, i'm positive okay because what was happening is it was like a four-way crow mm. because there's two other crows crows there's two <laughs> other roosters in our neighborhood yeah there's the one that i think we kind of always heard that's you know, I'm showing like like everyone can see, like in the back part <laughs> uh-huh. of our neighborhood. But now I'm hearing two, one in the back and then hmm. one way down further. And so what would happen is it would Feline would usually start and then I would hear Fluffy Cheeks' little weak Yeah, maybe that's why I don't and hear then it, and, it's like barely anything. And then um the other ones down the street would start mm. and then they were the ones that would keep going and going and going and going mm-hmm. and the thing is like you know different breeds are very specific in like how often they crow are they vocal like ducks are the same way mm-hmm. and so um rhode island reds are like i guess in between annoying and sometimes they're not mm-hmm. but he just was because he was constantly hearing them mm-hmm. and with females around yeah and then <laughs> i have quail and they're just cute they sound like toy guns or they're something. crazy though i'll be up at like three o'clock in the morning and i'm sitting outside and they hear my lighter and they're like yeah and they just do it the whole time and it's really funny because i'm i'm wondering like the neighbors are like there's like new pretty birds and i'm i, I think it's hilarious because i'm wondering what they think i like, know if they if they have like, any idea that nobody, it's a quail exactly i wouldn't i didn't know what a quail sounded like until i looked it up and mm-hmm. this was before i got quail because i was like how loud are there are they and i know yeah. they're good for backyards um, because they are, they can be really quiet and, mm-hmm. um, you know, you could have one male. I have multiples in there. Mm-hmm. So that's, I think why it probably it's multiple going off. Like they're waking up and they it's tend to kind though, of, cause I try to be super quiet cause it's late. Yeah. And it but you know what? The neighbors next to me, their birds are really, really loud. They're the little parakeets, parakeets and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, and then they're dogs, man. I think last time we were. Last week when we recorded, they were barking at the end of the episode. Were they? Yeah. <laughs> I, I could hear it anything. and I was like, mm. <laughs> So, funny. I don't know if it showed up on audio. I didn't check. Oh. But, yeah, so we got a lot of animals. And then <laughs> this weekend, it's Tuesday as we're recording, but this weekend on Sunday, uh, Jack drove out and got um, three bunnies. Oh, yeah. It's so funny. After you told me, that's when I saw the post. Yeah? Yeah. After you had told me, like, look what I'm getting. I was scrolling through and it was wasn't it in the SoCal chicken group? It was a group? chicken group, yeah. But yeah, so they're like, help! And then I saw it and I said, oh my god, those are the bunnies! Yeah, so they're really cute. cute. They're lion heads. Um, one of them for sure is a lion head. I think the other two are mixed. But um, but yeah, they're small. They're really cute. They're black and white and then the other one's like that caramel color with like a white stripe on its forehead. So, mm-hmm. added it to the colony out in our backyard. So, Jack was like, how many more rabbits do we need? And I was like, well, they're different. So because I, I'm i like, well, because think about it. If you had a lion head, that really pretty white fluffy lion head and they're small and they stay small like Hall and Lops. I was like, what if I mixed it with my male Hall and Lop that's all white? Mm-hmm. That would be so pretty. Is, so is the white one a girl? Yeah. I, it's two girls and one boy. So Which one's the boy? The other white one. So there's two white ones. One doesn't have as long of hair. Mm-hmm fur and then the other one has longer fur and that's the girl oh, okay. so and then the caramel one has the girl so Cute. two girls and a boy and just like with roosters it's people don't like to keep a lot of roosters you know you don't really <laughs> no. need a roost you don't need a rooster to get eggs Mm-mm. um but same thing with rabbits uh people typically want girls uh girl rabbits but um 
in my experience, my boys have been a lot sweeter than my girls. So yeah. if you're thinking about getting a rabbit, consider <laughs> a boy because they are always the ones left behind. Anytime I have people oh, contacting me like, oh, do you have any bunnies? And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, I, I have like three boys left. Those mm-hmm. three um, boys that I have out there, nobody yeah. wants them. And then they get to an age where no, you know, nobody wants a full, bu- full grown rabbit. But I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't think people realize rabbits grow fast. Yeah. I mean, especially seeing them from when they're first born and they're tiny mm-hmm. little peanuts. And then it's like <laughs> in a week, they're like big and moving, moving around and, and hopping mm-hmm. around. And then like. Yeah. When yeah. they're first born, they look like premature and wrong because they're yeah. so clear and little and you little jelly their bellies yeah, and, and stuff. Yeah. And it takes quite a lot to develop before anybody sees them. Really. Yeah. But, you know, we see them because you go digging around to check on them and yeah. stuff. But so outside that, they would never leave the mommy's belly mm-hmm. underneath. Underneath her, And yeah. so people don't realize that, like, the little fluffy cuteness is, like, later. It yeah. takes a minute. <laughs> it takes a bit. And then they grow to adults really fast. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's why I have a small window of time to sell bunnies. Mm-hmm. Um, sell. Adopt. You know what I mean. Um, and in the state of California, I don't know about other states, but you can't buy rabbits in a pet store. You California is so progressive with stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. We're the only ones. We're the only ones that charge um, animal abuse as a felony now mm-hmm. to the point where we've mentioned this before, I think, too, which is um, uh, a lot of our neighbors are committing felonies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, you. It, it, I don't th- I don't think it's terrible to leave your dog outside for a little bit. Mm-hmm. But this is like. They're all night, all night, all yeah. night, all day, summer, winter. It doesn't matter. That's a felony. Mm-hmm. Locked up, caged up, a perfect doghouse mansion. Mm-hmm. It does not matter. Yeah, the and people that the lived laws a- are pretty specific here now. The people that lived in that house across the street from us that um, uh, those people just bought, mm-hmm. uh, they would they used to tie their dog up out front. Oh yeah, and animal control came by and went knocking on the door. They quick saw the animal control truck and took it yeah. inside. And like, they were oh, like, he was just going potty. Yeah, you can't do that. Yeah, and they would it, let that so little dog hot out all the time. here. It is like mm-hmm. sad to leave a dog outside because it's so hot. It's unfair. Yeah. Um, and I know that. Yeah, you can't. Sorry, <laughs> of course you can't. Um, sell. Uh, bunnies mm-hmm. in pet stores, which is weird because you can sell guinea pigs and rats I know. and stuff. But um, you can't. You can also not um, sell uh, bread, pure, like any kind of bread, cat or dog. So mm-hmm. pet stores, they're adoption only. Like not adoption only, but rescued only. Rescued that's only. the yeah. only thing that's allowed. So that's super cool. Yeah. I mean, they're still breeders, of course, but it's just trying to take down the massive backyard breeders that are mm-hmm. like pumping out a million Pomeranians for PetSmart, yeah. you know, even no, though PetSmart I, hasn't sold dogs or cats anywhere that I'm allowed, like Petco, none of those. I know pe- mm-hmm. a lot of people don't love Petco and PetSmart. There's like all kinds of things, but yeah. like, I know that um, a lot of places have stopped just in general because they can't keep up. They're, they're too busy. They can't mm-hmm. keep up with the needs of those small animals. So they do the really cute little, you know, they have those little cages with like a few of the cats up for adoption. I don't even think they do puppies. They just Mm-mm. do kitty cats. I think up I for adoption. only cats. They they'll do adoption mm-hmm. events. And oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, that's Cute. when they'll bring in dogs and stuff. But no, I breed rabbits, um, but not pumping them out. I have, well, now I have four females, and I do kind of breed mix and stuff, but to get a cute little bunny, you know, rabbits that are a little smaller, but. Then I have some that are bigger and there is demand out there for the girls. But mm-hmm. yeah, so people I'm on a registry and so people will call me up and hey, do you have any rabbits for mm-hmm. sale? And 
So I'm like, yeah, I do. So that's kind of <laughs> what I do on the side. But they, um, yeah, they don't have a bunch of litters each year. I think one of them only had, I think both of the females out there only had one litter last year. Yeah. Yeah. So it's. Uh, and it was spring, like right before Easter. Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny because that's what and everyone wants And I don't, I don't um, adopt out rabbits mm-hmm. um, around the holidays. Yeah. Because they end up like probably what my mom's rabbit <laughs> exactly. is. Exactly. Yep. Probably an Easter bunny. Right. And they're like, and, this is hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they smell. And, and it's a lot of work. So that's how my mom got her rabbit. It was obviously someone's pet and they just, mm-hmm. and the age was right. I was like, that was totally an Easter bunny buy. So I, I never sell her on the holidays and stuff. But man, we've been talking about animals for a long time. 16 minutes. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's sorry. a record. <laughs> <laughs> so all right okay let's hear it okay so Drum i was like roll. oh yeah i go first because <laughs> i always forget i'm like okay you're gonna talk no oh me. i know so it was <clears throat> two episodes ago i did butter oh, yeah. so we actually made butter oh, this is an update me and the kids made butter mm-hmm. and i was gone right th- yeah and <laughs> Uh, we did, the kids didn't last long because I put it in a mason jar and I was like, here, shake it. And I think they, they thought like, it was going to happen in like 20 yeah, seconds. It actually did happen pretty quick. And then Jack <laughs> kind of helped, but then Jack overshook it. And so mm. it, was, it didn't turn out. It got too like whipped or whatever. So I did the other carton of heavy whipping cream or heavy cream in the stand mixer. Mm-hmm. And it actually made nice butter. Yay! So I did it. I made butter. Um, would I do it again? No. It's cheaper just to buy a pound of butter. Oh my god, I know. To, Heavy cream is so expensive. It is. It was way more expensive than just getting a pound of butter. So anyway, so I made butter. And so with butter on the brain, um, I <laughs> and what I kind of left off on some fun facts on the butter episode is I'm doing butter sculpting. Oh my god. Not like I'm Woo! actually doing it. Like but... at the fair. <laughs> yes. Oh my god, I can't wait. Okay, there's a lot of information from uh, from the fairs and, and it's stuff, funny so. because here is like fair season for us we mm-hmm. like in just california not southern california all of california fair season is like right around now because it's all freaking hot yeah so we <laughs> wait till it cools off a bit yeah, i wish we could go to the la county fair <gasps> I haven't but been there in that's years. a freaking drive it and it's expensive it is but it's like got the most sorry it's got like the most ride in food of like mm-hmm. any fair and the west coast yeah <laughs> so <laughs> there's a lot of butter sculptures at fairs i don't know about out here it's more Probably of a midwest hot. thing that's <laughs> a Midwest thing. But, um, okay, so butter sculpture is obviously what it sounds like. It's a three-dimensional, you know, artwork made with butter. Yeah. He sculpts the butter into stuff. <laughs> so the sculptures are usually, like, people, animals, other... You could basically... Anything that you could sculpt yeah. from clay, you could sculpt from butter, pretty much. <laughs> which is just weird to think. It really is. Um, as we were just talking, there's competitions around um, the U.S. And usually they take place at state fairs. Uh, butter sculptures can actually be found in more places than just county fair competition. Um, awesome. People would put them on like banquet tables and oh, um, yeah. like little decorative butter pats and stuff. So, oh, so um, cute. for like a party mm-hmm. and um, and a lot of butter sculptures are life sized, which I think is just crazy. And I will talk about that a lot <laughs> because people have made like, I have questions life-size, already. <laughs> yeah, life sized sculpt- butter sculptures of people and yeah. like. And most commonly, cows. <laughs> so, so carving food into sculptures is nothing new. 
Uh, bread and pudding molds had been found at sites from Babylon to Roman Britain. And during <laughs> we the- all like our food fancy still. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and during the Renaissance and Baroque periods in Europe, molding food was done for like typically the wealthy banquets. Mm. You know, because it's yeah. like. Being showy, you know, it's not just like here's your food. Yeah, it's exactly. like here's your fancy food. So <laughs> try um, the gray stuff. It's delicious. <laughs> so this is the time period that the earliest butter sculpture reference is found in. <laughs> I love 15- this. <laughs> I didn't think butter would make so butter it's makes so me so funny. <laughs> it I is really it. weird. So and it's something I've never looked up. Like we always talk about. Yeah. I know what it is, but I, okay, sorry. <laughs> I learned a lot. So there's a lot of information in this. So in 1536, the cook for Pope Pius V named hmm. his name was Bartolomeo Scappi, whatever, put together a feast. And in this feast, there were nine scenes of carved out food and they were used as centerpieces. Nice. There were multiple butter sculptures in the centerpieces. <laughs> so it was food and butter sculptures, which include uh, or included an elephant with a palanquin which is like the covered carrier that transports like a person um there was also a butter sculpture of hercules struggling with a lion (laughs) and a moor on a camel and a moor is a term like referred to like at that time it was the like muslim Mm -hmm, group of people but not specifically um Another reference to someone sculpting butter is Antonio Canova, who lived from 1757 to 1822. Uh And as a boy, he sculpted a butter lion for a banquet. And so butter sculpting continued through the 18th century. Yeah. Um, And English maids molded butter pats into like decorative shapes. So people were just getting fancy with their butter. So the earliest butter sculpture as a form of art... Mm-hmm. So not just like, it's for the fancy table or whatever. Mm-hmm. So as art was at the 1876 Centennial Exhibition, <laughs> Carolyn Sock Brooks, who was a farm woman from Helena, Arkansas, showed her butter sculpture. She named Dreaming Iolanth. I think that's how you say it. It's I-O-L-A-N-T-H-E. Iolanth. I should have mm, looked that, that up. That sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> it was a bowl of butter. And then she sculpted into that bowl of butter Mm -hmm. and it was a sculpted bust of a woman so like you know from chest up okay so the bust of a woman uh not the boobs of the woman but like my brain was like butter booby bowl (laughs) no she did not (laughs) she did not sculpt boobs a 14 year old boy from like the collarbone exactly a bust Um, is like well not probably i know it is it's the top half because i've seen the picture (laughs) which i will post because it's really (laughs) gorgeous and um the way that it was kept cold because think this is 1876 the way that it was kept cold it was like layers of bowls and they would just change the ice a lot to keep it cold and so she wasn't formally trained in art, um, but she spent a lot of years on the farm making butter. Mm-hmm. And so she was like, hmm, let's just make it more interesting. <laughs> yeah. So she then started just sculpting it and was able to use it even as like a selling point for her butter. That's like, super cool. It's all pretty. Right. So you want to buy the pretty butter. Mm-hmm. And she made the butter and then made it pretty. Um, it then turned into an art for her. And in seven- 1873, she made the Dreaming Iolanth. I hope I'm saying that right. And she redid that same sculpture over mm-hmm. and over throughout the years. So like the same, because think mm-hmm. about it, it's butter, it's food, it's going to go bad. So mm-hmm. she would just re-sculpt it all over again. Um, and like throughout the years at ex- like exhibitions, I can't say the word, <laughs> exhibitions all over the U.S. Mm-hmm. So she would just carve the same thing again out of butter. Um, 
And at that 1870, uh, 1876 Centennial Exhibition, her mm-hmm. sculpture got so much attention that she was then invited to sculpt for live crowds. <laughs> so, like, watching her sculpt in her butter. Oh, my God. That would make me so anxious. <laughs> like, don't watch me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay. I'll go behind a curtain and then go, ta-da. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, she then went to Paris and, Flor- and Florence and studied and became a professional sculptor. Aww. And then she worked with marble but she still did her butter sculptures. <laughs> she then went to the 1893 Chicago Columbian, Columbian Exposition and made busts of Queen Isabella and Christopher Columbus. And you could find these pictures. They're really cool. And um, the biggest years uh, for butter sculpture mm-hmm. were between 1890 and 1930. And that's mm-hmm. because obviously refrigeration was becoming more common. And mm-hmm. so you could preserve the butter for much longer. Um, it was also used in the U.S. as a way to promote butter because at the time, margarine was being promoted. <laughs> yeah. And we know margarine's not butter. It's yeah. like synthetic. It's oil, you know. Mm-hmm. So butter sculpting then obviously decreased in popularity um, during the Great Depression and World War II because of shortages. Yeah. You know? So it's you're not going to be buying butter just to sculpt and mm-hmm. play with exactly. it, you know. <laughs> so but then after the war, it kind of returned. So we're going to start talking now about the state fairs because that is a big thing. Mm -hmm. It is in history, you know, all these butter sculptures. But here in the U.S., we kind of took it a little extra. (laughs) As we do. Yeah. And we uh, definitely continue to do so. So the first butter cow sculpture was at the Ohio State Fair in 1903. Of course, it's Ohio. I love Ohio, but like the farming stuff. And it was sculpted by A.T. Shelton and Company. Mm -hmm. This then became a fair tradition in Ohio every year, and it Hmm. still is. Um, The first butter sculpture of a cow in Iowa was in 1911 at the Iowa State Fair, and it was sculpted by John K. Daniels, and it was actually sponsored by the Beatrice Creamery Company, which is (laughs) now part of ConAgra Foods. So, like, it was... They're just promoting butter, mm-hmm. I guess. So they will sponsor your cow, you know, <laughs> sculpture. So that means they gave him all the butter he needed. Yeah. That's cool. And, it probably so, cost a bunch. and it obviously is a way to promote um, dairy products in the area because then you're like, ooh, I want to get this butter. That looks like mm-hmm. good butter, you know. So uh, it was so successful that butter sculpture, <laughs> it's so weird saying butter sculpture so yeah. many times. <laughs> uh, it continued at the state fair every year. So different mm-hmm. artists create uh, created the butter cow for the state fair. John Daniels created sculptures every year, and then J.E. Wallace from Florida created butter sculptures after him all the way up until 1956. And Wallace created a second sculpture every year in addition to the cow, so he would just do, like, an extra one. Mm -hmm. And it was people doing, like, everyday activities like butter churning or playing with a dog. (laughs) And so it's so weird to think it's just butter. Um, Earl Frank Dutt from Illinois became the third official sculptor. So they always had like an official sculptor that would do the cow and then Mm -hmm. like, you know, um, uh, Wallace did the extra one. And so then, uh, Dutt then became the official sculptor. Then he was trained. He was actually trained in art at the Institute, at the Art Institute of Chicago. And he sculpted with obviously many different materials like clay and all that, but that also includes butter. Mm-hmm. So he sculpted cows in Iowa, Illinois, Wisconsin, and Michigan. <laughs> so yeah, definitely not on the West Coast where we are. Um, and then his second sculptures that he would do 
that he like included in with the cow were like kind of cartoonish, such as fights between political party mascots or <laughs> a parade of smiling pigs. <laughs> I love it. I'm like, I want to see that it's one. Like chubby little piggies, little <laughs> butter, butter, butter pigs. <laughs> <laughs> so Dutt was the one who trained Norma Duffy Lion, who is known as the Butter Cow Lady. And that is how she was known. And this is why. So she started her career as the assistant to Frank Duff, who was Mm -hmm. the one doing the sculptures every year. Mm -hmm. So she was the assistant in 1959. She had seen a picture of his um, butter sculpture Mm -hmm. and told the fair director that she could do better. (laughs) (laughs) And so. Wow. Yeah. So in 1960, she actually took over the butter sculpture. (laughs) I keep saying butter. butter. The butter sculpture job. And she was the first female to do so because it was all men before this. Nice. And she created from 1960 all the way until 2005 a new butter sculpture for the fair every year. Oh, so, so not just the cow. That was dang. Cool. She did the cow and then an additional. So she did the butter sculptures, but she was oh. known as the butter cow lady. She mm-hmm. did it for so long. Um, some of her <laughs> popular. Um, and well-known butter sculptures were of Garth Brooks, John Wayne, <laughs> Elvis Presley. I swear I have seen the Garth Brooks one. I yeah. almost, Did she do Dolly Parton? I don't know. I didn't see that. But Dang. I just know her most like okay. well-known ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Garth Brooks. Brooks. Garth Brooks. John Wayne. Elvis Presley. And the full scene of The Last Supper. Oh, my God. I'm like, that's a lot of carving. That's crazy. So intense. She also sculpted butter cows for other states, (laughs) such as Illinois and Utah. And in 2006, she retired due to like her health. Just, you know, Mm -hmm. she can't do it anymore. And then um, her apprentice, Sarah Pratt, took over. So Sarah Pratt's, Um, I guess, been doing it since 2006. So the... So here's the process, if you're wondering, which I, I know am. you are. And, <laughs> and I, I also need too. to know if everybody gets to eat it afterwards. We'll get there. That's so. what I figured, but I'm like, <laughs> it's killing me. Okay, so the process is, so we're going to do the process of sculpting a cow. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm ready. And they generally follow the same steps. You know, each artist kind of does the same general steps. So they start with choosing one of the six dairy cattle breeds. There are Holstein... Guernsey, Jersey, Brown Swine, uh, Ayrshire, Ayrshire. Do you know that one? I nope. doesn't have at all. And uh, Milking Sorthorn. Wow. I probably said some of those wrong. I know a Jersey cow. They are the cutest. The tan <laughs> yeah. and white with the big long eyelashes. Mm-hmm. And they're little. Yeah. Um. So they would choose their cow. Mm-hmm. Then they would make a drawing of the cow or they would take a bunch of pictures to kind of, you know, look to work off of. Um, the butter has to be the right consistency to work with, and it's described as feeling like cold cream, which I'm like, cold cream, so maybe like creamier and not so hard, firm. Um, about oh no, cold cold cream, cream. cold cream, cold cream, it's like a face, like the the like uh, Olay makes it, yeah, so like a butter, like a smoother consistency, not like crazy, yeah, it's not gonna be that's like thin, that's weird, that's like very soft, crazy. But um, my brain was like cold cream, like that's yeah. runny, oh. and I get it. I was like cold cream, like fa- oh my god, okay, yeah. So that's um, interesting. About so this is the cow that they're sculpting, uh-huh. and about 
500 to 600 pounds or 226 to 272 kilograms Mm -hmm. of butter (laughs) are used to make the cow. Okay. Now, sculptors move from working in chilled rooms to large refrigerated display cases with temperatures between 35 to 40 degrees Fahrenheit or one to four degrees Celsius. I wish my working environment could be that cold. (laughs) (laughs) The butter is placed on a wooden uh, and wire armature, which is like the framework. Mm-hmm. So it's not a solid chunk of butter. Yeah. It's like anything else. If you're working with clay, you're mm-hmm. putting it on this armature thing. So mm-hmm. it's got wire, you know, you're, you're patting the butter on the mm-hmm. wire. Yeah. Um. So it's funny because I was like, man, that's got to be a heavy cow. And then I was like, oh, that actually didn't work. <laughs> it would be too, it would just, and that, atomically it wouldn't work because think cow's tiny little legs and then all the way to the butter oh is on his like <laughs> tiny little legs <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i was like oh, yeah That's that makes totally a lot of sense right. it's on a wireframe yeah. um so large amounts are added to get the general shape and then smaller amounts of butter are added later to obviously fine-tune the piece <laughs> and layer upon layer is added until the cow is in its finished form and this it's crazy sorry it makes so much sense that it would be soft like that because they're like uh-huh. painting it on and mm-hmm. it's going to chill really fast because the lower structure is colder yeah oh my god okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know as i'm like reading it i'm like i'm just thinking giant blocks of butter are like hammered down <laughs> it's not at all <laughs> no they just take like slap on some butter yep. and then they'd like use their tools and carve it build and it up sculpt okay. it so <laughs> this whole process could take uh, you know from beginning to end of sculpting a cow and butter it could take anywhere from two days to a week mm-hmm. so the <laughs> the butter cow, as it's known, has never been at the Minnesota State Fair. They don't have a butter cow mm. at theirs. But they do have <laughs> butter sculptures. Uh-huh. And this was so interesting. I had no idea this is a thing. <laughs> so the 12 finalists of the Princess K of the Milky Way are carved in butter. The finalists are women from Minnesota between the ages of 16 and 23. Hmm. And it's... Like the, you know, it's like any princess contest. So uh, there's like, like a pageant. It's a beauty yeah, pageant yeah. for the farm. So they are. <laughs> it's so funny because I was like, "What?" When I like read this, okay. Um, the likeness of them are sculpted out of a ninety-pound or forty-kilogram block of butter. Wow. Each day, one of the twelve are carved, and the carving is currently done by Linda Christensen, who is a California sculptor who was originally from Minnesota. And get this. The princess poses for her on a turning platform in a chilled display case. And she is, and then she carves out her likeness out of butter in about six hours. Amazing. So it's a, it's like a head statue of, Gosh. of yourself in butter. <laughs> and then it's displayed for the rest of the fair. And then when the fair is over... Each princess can take hers home and use it however she wants. <laughs> so a lot of- gra- grandma makes you put it in the freezer. <laughs> Don't you but dare eat it. They'll sometimes use it. Um, like some of them have used it for like graduation parties or wedding ceremonies. <laughs> How conceited do you nice. have to be to be like, so like here me. is a butter sculpture of me. Of me. <laughs> Not my husband, but me. Me. Yeah. <laughs> so. Okay. So that's a lot in the U.S. <laughs> It's, okay. it's weird. We got cows and butter and, you know, <laughs> the cows make the, make the milk to make the butter and then they're made into 
princesses. Yeah. <laughs> princesses. <laughs> so now we're going to jump to butter sculpture in Canada. So in 1924 and 1925, the Prince of Wales was sculpted in butter in two separate sculptures and was put in refrigerated cases in the Canadian Pavilion at the English, at the British English, oh my gosh, I can't read, British Empire Exhibition at Wembley Park, Wembley, Northwest London. They were displays of patriotism and were like, obviously as here in the U.S., advertisement for the dairy industry in 1924 the sculpture was of the prince standing by his horse outside his ranch <laughs> at Pisco, alberta three thousand pounds or 1360 kilograms of butter Dang. was used to make the sculpture That's canada ain't messing around butter. you know i know I was like not even the cows cows like 900 this is 3000 pounds <laughs> That's a lot of butter. That's insane. And the 1925 sculpture showed the prince seated in the dress of a First Nations chief by the Assiniboine. I hope I'm saying that right. (laughs) The First Nations women in the sculpture was the only reference to Canada's First Nations in the Canadian pavilion. And the prince Mm -hmm. was actually pleased with both sculptures. And Queen Mary, his mom, Mm -hmm. um, said it was, quote, quite a remarkable likeness so mm-hmm. it looked a lot like him the british press declared the sculpture the 1925 sculpture one of the wonders of wembley um and then after world war ii canadian cream uh producers marketing board and the dairy producers of canada used butter sculpting to advertise obviously butter you know make butter pretty and it'll sell better you know that's funny it's so, butter <laughs> it's just butter it's ugly yeah and just like the u.s they were marketing it to because margarine was mm-hmm, becoming popular right? then so butter sculptures were displayed at both the canadian national exhibition and royal agriculture winter fairs in toronto ross butler was the first canadian artist to sculpt butter at these fairs and he was known as a farm animal artist (laughs) and he created life-size sculptures between 1947 and 1954 and now some of his creations were these are so cute bessie the butter cow with her calf buttercup (laughs) barbara the milkmaid and her butter cow Ideal Guernsey. I don't know who that is, but it was a popular one. Canadian Olympic figure skater Barbara Ann Scott. <laughs> Laura Secord and her cow. Royal Canadian Mounted Policeman. And Queen Elizabeth II on her horse, Winston. So, <laughs> and these are all life-sized. That's so, crazy. life-size horse, life-size person. Yeah. Big. And they were sculpted in refrigerated glass cased enclosures and were displayed for once again, the entire time of the fair. Mm-hmm. Um, the last butter sculptures Ross Butler made were Queen Elizabeth II and Prince Philip at the Western Fair in London, Ontario in 1956. Then he went back to working with clay. He was done with butter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and It was I, just a phase. Yeah, it was his butter phase. In 1986, a tribute to Ross Butler at the Royal Agriculture Winter Fair was a butter sculpture done in his likeness by Windsor artist Christopher Reese. So, um, 
when Australians, now we go to Australia, when they saw the success of the Prince of Wales and butter in the Canadian <laughs> Pavilion in 1924, they decided to place a larger butter sculpture oh in their gosh. pavilion at Wembley Park in Was it like 4,000 pounds now? <laughs> I don't know. It didn't say how big it was, but um, it was of the English cricketer Jack Hobbs being stumped at the Sydney Cricket Ground during the 1924 to 1925 Test Series, which Australia won 4-1. to one. So in Tibet, so we're kind of hopping around. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) This isn't done by copying. This in Tibet, butter sculptures or torma, as they were called, are actually a part of ancient Tibetan Buddhist tradition. Mm. I had no idea that was a thing. That's cool. Uh, Yak butter and dye are used to create temporary Hmm. ritual offerings for altars during the Tibetan New Year and other religious celebrations. And they're normally bright colored with dye and include milk, flour, and other substances, not just butter. Mm. Um, And yak butter is like the ideal butter for this, I guess. But they are Mm -hmm. very colorful. Mm. Like I could post a picture because I was like, what is that? That's not butter because it's all colorful. It's like red and blue. And and uh so they use dye. So then the last thing I learned about butter (laughs) and just a little bit um, is the butter lamb or buttered lamb is a traditional butter sculpture accompanying the Easter meal for many Russian, Slovenian, and Polish Catholics. Did you I'll have, have a- to ask my dad. <laughs> like, no, I'll totally have to ask my dad, a- but I'll have to ask him if his grandma did. Yeah. She was from the old country, but um, yeah. yeah but no, like, no dad, butter lamb in my... with the butter lamb? But you know what's funny is like, I'm sure you've seen like those awful, atrocious lamb cakes that are made around Easter that mm-hmm. are like the Easter form. So that's our version of that yeah. cake. That's funny. I'm so, gonna have to ask him. Yeah. Oh, you I know what like, though? My uh my dad's grandmother, she was not Catholic, she was Protestant. Oh. So, so maybe she was probably like, not. No, they're yeah. much stricter. So this butter lamb is shaped by hand <laughs> or by using a lamb shaped mold of yeah. a lamb. <laughs> and so this for them, I'll just say what it rep like because it has a, a meaning. Mm-hmm. It represents you know, Jesus, the sacrificial lamb who mm-hmm. sacrificed himself on Good Friday. And the butter can also be shaped. They could also do it into a cross <laughs> to symbolize Christ's goodness. And it is sold at delis, um, Polish, you know, specialty uh-huh. markets and some general grocery stores around Easter time. And the butter lamb is a specialty sold mm-hmm. at Buffalo, New York's Broadway market. Thanks mm. to, um, I cannot say the same, Mal- Malik. Kazuski's butter lambs, hmm. who kept the Polish tradition alive for decades, mm-hmm. so brought it to New York. Oh, that's fun! And every year during Holy Week, the county executive of Erie County, New York, satirically pardons a butter lamb. So like <laughs> nobody we can do. eat it. <laughs> nobody can eat that butter lamb. What is? Like, do you do. know like the general size? Because my brain is like, is it? No, it's not big. It's just little. It's just a like small, a little... like yeah, oh, okay, a little, cute. a little lamb. Oops. Um. <laughs> And (laughs) so on the butter lamb, the Mm -hmm. eyes are made with peppercorns or dried cloves Mm -hmm. and a white banner with a red cross on a toothpick is on its back. So, yeah, it's really little. So picture like it it would fit on like a butter dish. Uh, I don't I don't know. It didn't say how big it was, but I just think it's small, like enough butter that you would put out on Easter to go with your rolls. Yeah. So so it's not like a 50 pound butter lamb, a life size butter lamb. That's what I'm wondering. I'm like, are we talking like a newborn baby (laughs) lamb size butter? No, I think it's probably like 
think about like a chocolate Easter bunny. It's probably something like that, like the big one, you mm-hmm. know, or like even the small. I don't know. I wonder if there's different sizes that you could buy. Like, right. You got a big family. Yeah. You need we triple got, the butter lamb. Yeah, we got 30 people coming for Easter dinner. We need a, <laughs> a big butter lamb. <laughs> we need the big butter lamb. The extra, extra large. large. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Can you tell that we hang out over like becoming the same person? <laughs> that was crazy fun. That's so funny. Yeah. So that's a lot of information about butter sculpting but I thought it was all fascinating because now <laughs> yes. I know how to make a butter cow and I'm like my face is stuck I was I smiling, know, I was smiling like, the whole time me too because I was really like so cool it really is and you know I, I have I really have no words but um it's just so interesting because yeah like a lot of the times in the fair circuits you hear about that kind of stuff mm-hmm. but like you can't do that out here I grew up in the Pacific Northwest and just the area I lived in is where it rains, but all the mm-hmm. rest of Oregon is actually pretty rural and farmy and flat and, mm-hmm. and, you know, not green. And so I'd always heard of this kind of thing, but not on the West Coast because it's too hot. There's no way it would suck. But so now i Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Not huge. Yeah. Totally like, like the, just size the size of, of a dish. A, yeah. Like those funny little East chocolate Easter bunnies that are like more butt than yeah. head. Yeah. yeah. Cute. But yeah, and so it's really, really interesting. And they had all how old it was, no idea. I just thought it was like a, a fun country thing, mm-hmm. not like forever throughout history thing. That's super yeah. Cool. I was shocked to see that it went back so far because I mean, obviously it did become popular around refrigeration mm-hmm. because I'm like, how do you keep all that, like, from just melting into melting butter, like just yeah, mm-hmm. so or become so squishy or hot that you can't sculpt so- with it or like. Could people do it in the winter? Yeah, more? like yeah, you got snow outside and you stick your butter. But then you outside. think about like the holidays are always warm and cozy inside. So it's like even back in the day, Thanksgiving, you're it's like yeah, hot. True, weird. So people did eat them in history. Yeah. Like it was on the table yeah, to it be was pretty, on the table. and then you just cut into it. Yep. For your food. So okay. it was. I'm sure they had some that was like more for like the food sculptures of like don't touch the sculptures. What about the huge you know, ones like, at the fair? I think they eat them. I don't know. I see. That's what I want to know. I'm like, is it? I can. Full? I can look it up and and um and update at the end of the episode. But yeah, I'm definitely like I'm interested because that's what I wonder. It's like what it's it's not been outside, so it's not like flies have gotten oh, to actually, it. Actually, I don't stuff. need to update after. Um, so <laughs> so not what I was expecting. <laughs> What? Right, let's hear it. Okay, so Sarah Pratt reuses the butter. I don't know how. Most Ew, of the butter what? it's reused for I up don't... to ten years. So the they must smell of aged butter is a ch- spectrum between Parmesan and blue cheese. Yeah. So she she must scrape it and off then... and like repackage it. Probably. Can you freeze it? Yes. Um, you and can then freeze butter, but it. Ew. Wow. <laughs> So then this was within 24 hours of arriving on the farm. The butter gets mixed with other inedible food waste, including donations from local supermarkets and restaurants, as well as cow manure. It's then consumed by the farm's digester and microbes in the anaerobic tank eat the butter and generate methane gas, which is run through an internal combustion engine and turned into energy, electricity. So they turn that all those big cows into... (laughs) energy electricity, electricity that's crazy but that i know those princesses get to take it home and <laughs> you imagine like we gotta 
freezer with your head in it. Just like, well, let's just take the nose for dinner. Let's just scrape the back <laughs> off her so that the face stays yeah. okay. That yeah. is bananas. So, yeah. So, wow. This is going to be a long episode, you guys. Yep. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, you going to bring it on down? Yes. <sighs> I know. I'm like, my face is like hurting <laughs> from smiling. <laughs> that was so funny. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm kind of stuck in the 1800s. I don't, I just like, I don't know why. I really, I find them super interesting. And um, it's really super crazy because I just kept, I, I always say this, I kept coming back to this one. I mm-hmm. was, I watched a couple that I have some, I'm going to cover some other ones, but I came back to this one. So in 1849, Kate Webster is born in Killeen County, Wexford, Ireland, which is funny because you think of like, countries and so i'm like it's in killane i think it's county wexford ireland (laughs) um her parents were really poor but they were really respected in town either way they were a well-liked family Mm -hmm. pretty much everybody said from a super young age that kate was a brat and always stealing Mm -hmm. (laughs) like little things things that didn't matter but just stealing Mm -hmm. and it wasn't even stuff because like they were poor like food and you know necessities just just whatever Mm -hmm. and so she was always known as being the troublesome kid Mm -hmm. and um she like a lot of these stories i tell she ran away from home as a teenager after she stole a lot of money they're not sure she never said how she stole it so she got a whole bunch of money and she bought a train ticket and she ran away to liverpool she thought that she was going to be able to find a job and but being pretty young um she just tried to turn to a career criminal and a pickpocket mm. and um the thing was she was really really bad at it <laughs> and so she would constantly get caught and by the time she hit 18 she was arrested and charged and finally sentenced to four um years of doing hard manual labor while she was in prison mm. Um, after being released, she served the full four years. So she's 22 now. And after she was released, she moved to London again, hoping to find a job. And um, it pretty much ended up being what she was going to do was get a job as a housemaid. It mm-hmm. didn't really work out the way that she thought it was going to, like everything that she keeps getting herself into. Mm-hmm. And so she unfortunately has to turn to prostitution. She's had a lot of short little jail sentences in between this time. And after those, because of her, um, you know, you can't be careful. And so she ends up becoming pregnant through one of her clients. Yeah. And um, at this time, she says she has a son and she says that it's like, I I don't know if it's one of three men or she just keeps saying all three at different Mm -hmm. times are Mm -hmm. the father. Um. She continues to do these petty crimes. Um, It was never harmful, hurtful, dangerous. It was just little crap Mm -hmm. all the time. And she would continuously get in trouble and do little jail stints. And her son, whose name is John, would get left with the... um, the other maids that she would work with. They used to call them char women. (laughs) Char. I don't know why, but like some... I don't know. <laughs> and so, yeah, I'm thinking women. like charcoal. Charcoal, maybe, because you're always stoking the fires yeah, and stuff. Maybe. And so she would leave her son with um, a fellow maid that she was friends with named Sarah Crease every single time she would go to jail. Mm-hmm. 
Instead, yeah, that's it's nice mate. So right, I like, a nice, a kid. nice friend. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like, what did she do? Like, leave her money behind? Maybe. Maybe. I, I doubt I it. <laughs> or just offered to do some of her tasks or something yeah, in maybe. exchange. Like, mm-hmm. I'll help you with this when I get back. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, that's definitely possible. Mm-hmm. Um, in January of 1879, in Richmond, which is outside of London, she got a job as um a housemaid for a 52-year-old widow. Um, Her name was Julia Martha Thomas, and she was known to be a really nice woman. She was teeny tiny. Mm -hmm. Um, People were smaller back then, but she was an extra tiny woman, but very nice, very pleasant, a churchgoer, a good woman around town. She had a lot of friends um, and neighbors, and so she was considered a really nice woman. And when her husband had passed away, he left her a pretty decent fortune. Mm-hmm. She had, I love the name of this house. It's crazy. I don't, it sounds so weird. So like, you know, our addresses, um, it's common. Most of the world is like numbers, numbers, numbers. And then wherever mm-hmm. your street, borough, whatever. The name of where she lived, the address was two Mayfield cottages. Huh. And it was like <laughs> a back, a like a cute little thing tucked in the back of an, a neighborhood is what it sounds uh-huh. like. But it was a really beautiful estate, but uh-huh. it, <laughs> two, two Mayfield cottages. That's what it's called. So yeah. It's good, what it will be referred to. Okay. This is the address now that Kate is living at uh-huh. with her boss, um, Julia. And her son? No. No, wait. It, the son's Her son than? is not mentioned. Oh. I I don't know. I'm thinking that yes, but truly he's not mentioned and hmm. he won't be mentioned anymore in this story. Oh. So that's weird. But I will look hmm. it up and I will let you know because it didn't occur to me as I was writing it, but I'm thinking he, he just, just got left out. I yeah. don't think he mattered too much. Um, mm. Maybe she paid that woman to take care of him is what I'm thinking. Yeah. And because she lived at the house with Julia. Mm-hmm. This was a common thing that Julia did was take in the housekeepers that she needed. Um, and she wasn't crazy or strict, but she did go through a few. Mm-hmm. And so um, she lived with her. And Julia was really disappointed in the work that Kate did. She wasn't good. She wasn't oh. a good housekeeper. Um, she wasn't uh, very nice, mm-hmm. apparently, to Julia. And she was always out at the part at the partying at a pub oh. down the way called the Hole in the Wall. And so, yeah, I'm loving all and, these names. <laughs> I know, right? I'm gonna go to the hole in the wall. <laughs> the hole in the wall. And so that caused a lot of problems. And Kate would complain around, you know, around town, being like at the pub with the people that were there that she was chit chatting with. Mm-hmm. That um, Julia, you know, slaved her. Like, you're, That's you're not, your job not your job to be slave, but like you're being paid to clean, to work, yeah, <laughs> to, to work, to not get drunk and yeah. party. So, <laughs> yeah. So she was, you know, always harassing her about like the job she did, and oh, I just wiped down the counter, and she would come over and wipe her finger, and it was garbage, and mm. you know. And the thing was that people were like, "This is not really like her character," mm-hmm. but whatever. So, um. People knew that it wasn't working out because she had been kind of saying and um, Julia finally was just like, hey, it was barely even a month later mm-hmm. on February 28th. She told her, um, you know, you're not doing a good job. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to let you go. And Kate had begged her um, to just let her stay a few more days until March 2nd. And then she would have something else lined up. Mm-hmm. 
and Julia was like, okay, sure. That's yeah. Fine. And I'll let you stay. And so <clears throat> as I had mentioned, Julia was a really devout churchgoer. Mm-hmm. And so a couple of Sundays have gone by now and there's no Mrs. Thomas. Oh, I knew it. I knew and where this was going. So her friends, the other parishioners, and even the neighbors, because she was an active woman. She mm-hmm. was not disabled or crippled, but she wasn't going to clean her own house. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so she was a woman about the town. So mm-hmm. nobody was seeing her anymore. Yeah, kind mm-hmm. of. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So nobody was seeing her anymore. And they got started to get suspicious. We're worried. You uh-huh. know, did she hurt herself? Is she sick? Like, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> but as we talked about in our old scrapbooking episode, like... Mm-hmm letters and calling cards these were a thing so um, you know she would have been like i'm sick or i went out of town sorry and so people are like i said they're getting suspicious well at this point kate had already moved back to the hammersmith district which was the not far away and it's where she lived right before she came to work for okay and um her her neighbor, she had become friends with her neighbor at this point. His name is Henry Porter, and um, he has a son, <clears throat> and Robert. Sorry, I'm getting to it. I didn't write it down. It doesn't matter. Mm. <laughs> I moved on. <laughs> and um, she's, you know, telling him, like, oh, my last name is Thomas now because I got married and I got a whole bunch of money. Oh, god! And, hey, do you know anyone that can help me? I need to sell some old furniture that I don't need. I inherited a house. And the house is called Two, two. Mayfield mm-hmm. Cottages. And so... Well, two cottages? Oh, no, right. Mayfield two cottages, yeah. Two, two Mayfield cottages. Two Mayfield cottages. And so... You know, Henry's like, yeah, I will totally find someone for you. And she left his house as they were in the middle of dinner still. But Mm -hmm. she was like, oh, I have an errand I have to run. I forgot. I'm going to go do it. And then I'll be right back. Mm -hmm. When she comes back, she's now missing her carpet bag. And they're really not. He, a guy's going to be like, what is whatever you left your Mm -hmm. purse somewhere but Uh he did notice that her large carpet bag was missing if people are wondering a carpet bag was a specific it's made out of like carpet material Mm -hmm. and it was very heavy duty and it held a lot and if you've seen the movie mary poppins that's a carpet bag big Mm -hmm. it was like big you know it was an overnight bag yeah it was an overnight bag Mm -hmm. it held a a lot it wasn't a normal purse you took around Mm -hmm. and that her bag was missing so Um, like I know, think, right? Like, behind a bag. <laughs> uh-huh. So Henry's son helps her um, the next day take a really heavy box from two Mayfield cottages to um, a spot by a bridge where Kate said a friend was coming because it's valuables and materials that she's got to uh-huh. sell or whatever. A friend's going to come take it. And he's uh-huh. like, okay, here's your box. Bye. And later, um, he mentions that he heard a little splash. Um, but, like, that was it. Yeah. He didn't think anything of it. Obviously, she's not jumping in the yeah. water. So, um, so Why would she wait until he was, like, further away? It's <laughs> like, I'm I, just going to wait until I, I barely Out of him. splashing yeah. range? I know. <laughs> yeah. It was ridiculous. Out maybe it was an accident. Range. Maybe she didn't mean she was, like, Yeah, maybe she's position. getting it positioned. And then the whoops. Whoopsie. <laughs> So later when, you know, she comes home, these are her neighbors. Um, she's like, oh, yeah, I met up with my friend. They took the box. No problem. So he's like, oh, 
okay, whatever. Uh-huh. I was just hearing things. Uh-huh. So <clears throat> a few days later after this, she gets into contact with the man that Henry told her to call. His name is John Church, and he is a uh, a broker, which is also called a farts uh. i don't remember it has a really funny name but anyway it's a, he's a broker so he like buys and sells furnitures and materials uh-huh. and so um he looks over all of the furniture at um two mayfield cottages and he's you know this 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 and this and i'll give you um 68 pounds I always love to give updates. This was a really difficult amount of money, but I'm pretty much, it's looking like $3,000 for all that furniture because it was like Uh high-end stuff. And so she greedily and happily accepted that offer and he took it away. No Mm -hmm. problems, whatever. March 5th, a coal porter has found a heavy box. Everybody knows you find a heavy box and you're like poking it. Mm -hmm. What's in here? here? Mm Mm-hmm. So he opened it up and he is immediately met with this just disgusting, horrible sight. It is a mutilated woman's upper torso. It's missing a head. Oh, my gosh. The legs are cut off and the arms are there. But the foot was missing. What? Yeah. So at this point, recent, like, pretty recently after this you know there's no head they can't identify her unfortunately mm-hmm. that's how you know one of I, my past stories that uh-huh. will come up they put a head you know I did it already, oh, did it already come? I don't know. I'm ruining uh, it but no they put a head yeah, up in a spike what, because... in the town to be able to look at that that was like one of our past yeah um, episodes and so that was they don't have a head they can't there's literally nothing they can do wow so um so after that they find a foot at, mm-hmm. like tossed somewhere in the nearby town why did she like forget the foot behind and was like oh no (laughs) so they assume it's got a match with this body Uh this body is missing you know its foot Mm -hmm. as our past cases they had pretty decent um detective skills at this point and so um it was all recent enough but there's only so much they can do unless somebody could come forward and be like oh i happen to know mrs thomas had a birthmark on yeah you know but Nobody sees your nude body back then. I Even know. your maids were like, or your bare feet. Their eyes and, yeah, and, you know, yeah. So, um, so because of this, they are now calling the crime the Barnes mystery because the box was found underneath the Barnes railway bridge. Okay. Um, she was buried in a public cemetery because of no identification. So it's mm-hmm. really sad. Um, with the body being unknown you know the police could only do so much and the case slowed and went cold mm-hmm. pretty much they you know asking people in the area what did you see what did you hear but they have nothing to mm-hmm. go on yeah and even if they knew that she was missing or something i'm sure mm-hmm. there's a bunch of missing women that's like well you can't just definitively say that it's her mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's not it's it can't it can't be exactly like you said they can't totally decide because Nobody made, like, a missing persons report from Mm -hmm. her church. They just noticed she's gone. She's gone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's sad that, like, Mm -hmm. she was so involved, but then they were like, oh, she's just not here anymore. She's gone. And nobody, like, went and knocked (laughs) and looked around. Like, what? Well, people are absolutely getting suspicious, especially because since they found the body. A body. Mm -hmm. So March 18th, 
a group of movers were at two Mayfield cottages and they're emptying the place out. And now neighbors who hadn't seen Julia for weeks now Mm -hmm. are like, they're showing up and they're like, who the heck are you? What is going on? What do you know? What can you tell us? Nowadays, people would be like, I'm not telling you who the heck are you? But back then Mm -hmm. they were like, oh, um, Mrs. Thomas is selling the house. This is what the movers are telling Mm -hmm. the neighbors. Yeah, Mrs. Thomas is selling the house. And they're like, okay, that's weird. Why wouldn't she tell us? That's ridiculous. Uh-huh. So immediately they're totally suspicious and they let um, police know. They're mm-hmm. like, something is going on. This woman is missing and this lady. So, you know, they called upon <laughs> this alleged Mrs. Thomas mm-hmm. and the police are talking to her and the neighbors are like, that's her housekeeper. Yeah. Kate Webster. Uh-huh. That is not Mrs. Thomas. This is not Julia. Yeah. So she's now being, you know, talked to by the police and they're telling her, okay, you're her maid. I get it. You're in the house. And she's trying to, oh, she moved. She, I'm helping her, whatever. None of it makes sense. Uh-huh. Of, course of course it, it doesn't. <laughs> Two times in one episode. What are the chances? Oh, yeah. So... Obviously, none of it is, it's, none of it's making sense. There's Mm -hmm. no plausible explanation of any kind, Mm -hmm. but there's still nothing they can charge her with. There's nothing that they can do. So because nobody has gone into the house exactly, the stuff is just being pulled out. Mm -hmm. So um, she flees. She goes back home Uh to um, Killeney in County Wexford in Ireland, and she's hoping that that would be enough to deter the authorities. Well, now that she's gone, because again, like, I don't know what the heck warrants were back then, if they even existed. Mm -hmm. So um, they had not investigated her house at, well, sorry, Mrs. Thomas's house. Yes, to look and go over everything. So now she's gone and they are there. They're looking through everything and they find something not right. Is it a lot of blood? The walls are covered <gasps> in blood splatter. What? Yes, the walls are covered in blood splatter. There looks to be burnt human bones. What? On the grate of the stove. Ew. And a thick, fatty substance behind the laundry boiler. Now, the laundry boiler is um, our version of a hot water heater. Uh It was a big, giant copper cauldron that was masoned around, and it kept a fire burning underneath. That was where you got your hot water from. Yeah. Bath time, Mm -hmm. everything came from that. So... Um, so yeah, a thick, nasty, fatty substance. So we're talking human bones and blood and fat. Behind it? Behind the boiler. Yeah. So now they're like, we have to find her. Yeah. And they went back. They were able to find her from her home. She was Mm -hmm. caught and arrested and immediately taken back to the Richmond area um, that the crime had occurred Uh to be put on trial. So the trial began on July 2nd of 1879, and it got an insane amount of attention from the world because the... This was unfortunately, people still do it, and we still watch these crazy high profile crime cases. So we're no different. But back then, the crowds were just getting, no, that happened here too. <laughs> the Johnny Depp and Amber yeah. Heard thing. So, yeah. 
Um, you know, they were just gathered outside, but we're talking people came from far and wide. Really? The crown prince of Sweden came what? to watch this trial. That's crazy. He was going to be the future king because the thing was, it was a woman. She, yeah. She committed a horrific, disgusting, like, that's gross now, but back then yeah. was like, holy moly. You know, women had weak constitutions is what mm-hmm. they thought. And, um, and then on top of that, like one of my last cases, she had the nerve to kill somebody better than her. Uh-huh. To take out a member of society, a, a uh-huh. higher social yeah. standing than herself, which was more offensive. Yeah. But I think that... When class was like really Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so she, of course, she denied all of it. And she placed the blame on Henry Porter, which was her friend and neighbor, and uh-huh. his son um, and the broker, John Church. What? <laughs> yes. I'm almost what? positive his son's name was Robert. Okay. I'm so sorry. I... Do I? I think I get to this later in there because mm. I remembered that I didn't write it. I'm thinking okay. names wrong. It's going to bother me forever. <laughs> Sorry. So she tried to blame it on them and saying that, you know, it was during dinner when she was bragging about working for this wealthy woman uh-huh. and all this, you know, that they were now plotting to go rob her and, you know, sell her stuff and kill uh-huh. her. So. Luckily for them, they had really strong alibis, and yeah. so they were ruled out. Um, likely because they were all at work, like yeah. they worked, doing what they're supposed to do. <laughs> yeah, not killing people. Yeah. So, um, then she ended up saying that, oh no, actually, um, just kidding. It was my past lover, possibly the father of my son, what? only named as Mister Strong. Um, and because, see, the thing was back at, at this point in. Um, the UK, this really horrific, like, let's put women down law had come into account. That was if you got someone pregnant out of wedlock, you didn't have to pay for it. Mm-hmm. And you had no responsibility forever. Mm-hmm. And so she was basically saying, because he was so terrible to me and abandoned me and whatnot, I had to turn to crime. And so... The thing was, people were kind of like, yeah, that sucks, but But, nobody's killing everybody. Like, what? That's not an excuse. That's not enough. Yeah, not that crime. No, of course (laughs) not. No, no crimes, but definitely not that one. Yeah, maybe stealing, but not Mm -hmm. killing. Not killing. Yeah. Dismembering. There's so much to it. It is. So. So wait, they they connected it that it was the dismembered body was. Yeah, because she was the only one at that point Mm -hmm. that was missing in the area that was petite enough. And, um, you know. Old lady and all skin. the yeah, and all the blood <laughs> and the blood and, and the missing yeah. body. The you know nothing. She's not there. So yeah, yes, yeah. that's how they connect. Okay, it. I'm sorry. Okay, oh, that's fine. I was so, just clarifying. <laughs> yeah. Um. After it only took about a week. I think it was like six days, and she was you know convicted of her murder, and um she was going to be charged with the death penalty. Mm. But she says no, you can't. I'm pregnant. <gasps> what mm. is she? So. This is a thing that happens at this time. What they would do was they would call in something called a jury of matrons. Mm -hmm. They collected these women specifically for Kate's trial directly from the courthouse. Okay. But all it was was a group of basically um, they had to be mothers and like middle aged. Okay. Because they would know pregnancy. Uh Uh-huh. And so what they would do was they would examine her body respectfully. Uh But, you know, there are changes to a woman's body that you can, you know, darkening of 
nipples, areolas, Mm -hmm. but like all kinds of things, including, Mm -hmm. um, you know, darker marks on your stomach because especially she's had a child before. Yeah. So there's all these kinds of things. But one of them specifically was just like, let me feel your stomach and see if there's something moving. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I know I remember when I was very early on with um, Troy, I could mm -hmm. feel. Oh, yeah. I feel a little like it feels swimmy and strange too sometimes like when they're moving and they're little and you realize like it's so small you're not feeling what you think is movement but it feels like a roller no but i remember pushing on my i had a little it felt like a little tiny marble in there like i could totally Uh feel the baby yeah and it's like your little uterus is opening yeah and and so that would be another thing Mm -hmm. is you can actually knew to palpate a little bit so they try it out and they're like nope yeah Obviously, that's not 100%. But come on. We all know she's lying. She's lying. She is lying to save her bottom. Uh (laughs) So... I would have just been like, okay, fine. We'll give it a couple months and then we'll see. see. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But nope, they didn't. They Mm. said, oh, okay. Well, you are sentenced to death by hanging. Mm. So the day before her um, hanging, she had uh, a priest visit her, you know, and give her her last rites. And this Mm -hmm. is when she decided to confess to the murder uh, of Julia. Yeah. She said, and I quote, I alone committed the murder of Mrs. Townsend. I'm sorry, Thomas. Whoopsie. <laughs> I just ruined the quote of Mrs. Thomas. She said that, you know, herself, Kate had come home and she was really drunk mm-hmm. and she was really late because she did live there. Yeah. And so she was drunk and late and that Julia was angry and yelling and being mean and hateful. And so that Kate ended up being so mad that she went to the top of the stairs and she just grabbed her and threw her down the stairs. Oh, okay. And Whoa. when this did not result in her dying, she strangled her to death <gasps> with her bare hands. Oh, my God. In a drunken rage. What? Yeah. Um. So... Now she realizes, like, oh, my God, I have a dead body. And what am I supposed to do? So she said that she cut up the body as best as she could. And she boiled them in the laundry boiler. Ew. So Ew. now that this has that this point has come out, there's rumors going around saying that she possibly, like, sold some meat or but it's a rumor there's no proven anything but then they're also saying that that fatty gross substance that was Mm -hmm. behind the the boiler um was like overflow overflow yeah that's hot leaf like why is it behind yeah noodles and like the starch overflows and you can see it so it's like it overflowed and so the fat was around (sighs) that the bottom area and the other rumor going around was that she tried to sell this fat as what like what we know as drippings like, for yeah. gravy <sighs> as drippings and um but again it's a rumor nobody really knows yeah that does kind of sound like rumors <laughs> because i doubt the she would just mill. like like well what know. kind of she's meat? pretty like, messed up i don't but, know but but there was yeah. a lot of the body in the trunk right in that chest so here we go <laughs> oh god <laughs> so um the reason that the foot was not in there was because the body took up too much of the box okay. and so she couldn't close the lid so she just panicked and like what? and just threw her foot yeah so that's what she said about yeah. that so <laughs> um that was on july 28th july 29th 1879 kate webster was hanged for uh-huh. the murder okay but i have an update 
that is crazy because it was like 13 years ago. But this is so funny because I crack up. I kept telling you, I kept coming back to this. and I don't know why. Uh-huh. In 2010, our favorite Sir David Attenborough, mm-hmm. um, in case anybody doesn't know, he is an amazing everything yeah <laughs> he's a biologist and he does um television shows mm-hmm. and narrates um, and he yeah he narrates a billion and yeah. he's amazing and we always have talked about like when he passes because he's like 93 but he's still in the field yeah. he's amazing but it well, want me to cry yeah um, it's gonna too. be terrible but anyway so um he had bought a building that was a property right next to his house which ended up being the hole in the wall pub what yes <laughs> And so um, during the renovation and excavation, because it's, you know, a really old building, Uh construction workers found a skull. (gasps) What? (laughs) So they immediately... She took it to the bar with her? What? They turn it into the police and and police investigators said, and I quote, I won't mess it up this time. (laughs) Um, fracture marks consistent with a fall down the stairs and low collagen levels consistent with it being boiled. Oh my gosh. I got the goosebumps. It's so gross. That is. So the, I know. So all the, that time later, was it buried? There? I'm what? guessing it was. Yeah. I'm thinking she like threw it like, down a shaft. It's like a, it was a rubbly messed up building. So okay. it was being completely But it redone. wasn't like that in the 1800s? No. So I don't know. They didn't oh God, say. That's yeah. Crazy. So the coroner's, fi- isn't that crazy? A coroner got to look at like 136, mm-hmm. 131 years old skull. That's crazy. And make a verdict on a homicide. And so the coroner's final verdict was that the skull did belong to Julia Thomas and her body was able to be complete 131 Uh years later. Wow, that is crazy. Yep. And like three of my other freaking cases, she's one of the last women to be hung in that area too. Really? Yes. I'm telling you, I'm like, it's these weird coincidences. I'm like, I just can't leave them. I I keep coming back to these and I was like, I have to. That was like when me and Jack... um, went on that little like day date thing where we went to red robin and then mm-hmm. we went shopping and then went to the brewery yeah um we were at red robin and i was like what case should i do what do you think and this was very early on in our um podcast uh-huh. and he was like oh what about like I, it was something along the lines of like the last woman to be hanged or whatever and so i was mm-hmm. just looking at like the last execution or whatever and yeah. different countries and states and stuff and so I think uh, her name was probably on the list but I don't remember that was a while ago but um wow that's crazy the last the last woman or the last one of the last women to be hung there wow hanged hanged I know it's so stupid when you say it's like it doesn't sound like proper English no it doesn't at all yeah Wow, I feel like I've heard that case before, but mm. I probably haven't just forgot. Dude, I, I have. There's like really great um, newsprint articles, and of course, like those. I try to add a couple of those, and it's there's surprisingly because you know it's towards the end of the 1800s. Yeah. there was a lot um, that was available, and oh god, her picture. I know. I think I don't go as far back as the 1800s because of the lack of information. And I don't like that. Like what we were talking about with the unsolved mysteries and stuff mm-hmm. of, of just all these unsolved cases. I don't like the, the not knowing. Right. And, Doesn't she just um, look like... Oh. <laughs> she looks crazy. She 
does. She looks like yeah. wicked uh, old witch. And she's scary. She's real deep set eyes. Yeah, just... little beady, like deep eyes. Mm. Yeah, man, she looks crazy. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I would not hire her to work <laughs> in my house. You freaking but, me out, lady. I know. Wow, that was really good. Good Thanks. job. This is really so, long. Oh I know goodness. it is. It's Yay. not that long. No, I don't think it's even I, our longest. I think I talk more about butter. <laughs> um. Okay. So we started talking about butter at 12 minutes and I think it took you like 30. Yeah. Okay. Because so, no, I was like, oh okay. no, mine's like super short. It never is. Every single time. Like, I think this is short because it was like not even front to back pages. It's Oh, wait. Is it? It is. Yeah. It is. yeah. One, Except for the last page. Two, three. I know. I Four. It's exactly four front to back pages. Yeah. It's and not. So... It doesn't seem like it's that much, but like it's the interjections. It's like the final thought. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I forgot that. It's me going. That is totally not what. What that says because i messed up the quote like no and that's like when i started typing up because i um last night i asked elaine like come over and watch a movie with me she's like i gotta do my homework yeah and i'm like i'm doing mine tomorrow <laughs> so i did finish I was, it today too yeah i was like halfway done and so i did i'm struggling more than half because so i was like oh it's probably gonna be like four pages and then i got to page four and then i was like oh my gosh there's so much more and then there's that's a butter good. lamb <laughs> so, and then when you were saying like she was a maid and i was like oh this is in like late 1800s i wonder if she was because the maids Making would butter do, lambs. like do the butter sculptures for the banquet table and it would probably have been bad anyway i know because she was bad at everything, bad at everything. even killing. even killing apparently yeah that was close to body. being the third time <laughs> <laughs> yeah we do that too often okay oh. well with that stay crafty and not uh, cry me bye, bye.